be afraid every time I face these waves. I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to fear the storm just because I hear the roar. I don't want to fear the storm. I don't want to fear the storm. Peace be still, say the word and I will set my feet upon the sea till I'm dancing in the deep. Peace be still, you are here so it is well. Even when my eyes can't see, I will trust the voice that speaks. I'm not gonna be afraid, cause these waves are only waves. I'm not gonna be afraid. I'm not gonna be afraid. I'm not gonna fear the storm, you are greater than its roar. I'm not gonna fear the storm, no, I'm not gonna fear at all. Peace be still, say the word and I will set my feet upon the sea till I'm dancing in the deep. Peace be still, you are here so it is well. Even when my eyes can't see, I will trust the voice that speaks. Peace, peace over me. For this Holy Week, I would like to anchor our thoughts and our mind in Mark's Gospel especially chapter 4 and 5. In Mark's gospel, what he is doing is showing us Jesus' victory over death and how Jesus' death dealt with all of the invasions of death into human life. And because of Jesus' resurrection, all of the early disciples, Mark, he believed that death was defeated. But then the central question remained is, why do we still live under its shadow? And so to help us, one of the things that Mark does in his gospel is he gives us a whole series from chapter 1 to chapter 10 of different case studies. These are case studies in how Jesus has defeated the effects of sin and death. And so from chapter 1 to 13, there's these 13 different minor characters who generally are not named but each one of them is suffering from some manifestation of life under the shadow of death. And in each case, their circumstances are changed as a result of their encounter with Jesus. And in every case, what Jesus is doing is he's, he is bringing life where there once was a type of death. And so he wants to bring his readers into these stories he wants you to feel like you're a firsthand observer, and he brings you into the same perspective that the first disciples had. And he wants you to identify with the people who are, who are afraid and are suffering in every one of these different case studies. And the cycle that's probably my favorite in Mark come in chapter 4 
and five because it's so beautifully arranged. Because one of the things that Mark is doing is showing us, all the gospel writers tell us, the kingdom, it comes in word and in deed. And then Mark gives you these four word parables in chapter four, the word coming, four parables. And then he gives four illustrations to follow it of the way Jesus is overcoming the effects of the fall and of death. And in the series of stories in Mark chapter four and five, you see Jesus overcoming natural disasters, calming the storm, overcoming demonic attacks, casting out the demons who had paralyzed or had claimed the man, uh, overcoming disease and the 14-year blood flow in the woman, and then ultimately overcoming death itself in healing and raising Jairus' daughter from the dead. So I thought these would be a four wonderful stories this week to help prepare us for the hope of Easter. So this morning, look at Mark chapter 4 and start with the story of Jesus calming the storm. So spend a few minutes reading that story. And as you do, as you read through it, I want you to think about three things. There's three things that Jesus does. He sins, he sleeps, and then he stops. And all three of those things can teach us powerful truth that we need in this moment. You know, so fascinating. Verse 35, he sends them into the storm. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. It was Jesus's idea to get into the boat and go into the storm. Now you think about the geography of the Sea of Galilee, you know, 700 feet below sea level. And then 30 miles to the north, Mount Hermon is 9,200 feet above sea level. So you have almost 10,000 feet of elevation change and hot air would come off the sea and it would clash with the cold air coming off the mountains. And you could have just these vicious storms arise out of nowhere. And they are thrust into one of these storms and it's his idea to go into it. And that's why in verse 38, they say, don't you care? They were afraid and they cry out, don't you care? You know, their fear and their anger make for a very potent and toxic combination. And in verse 38, he's asleep. He's asleep. And so they're actually mistaking his actions. They get his actions wrong. They are interpreting his sleeping as disregard as a sign of his indifference. But the real problem is their fear. And they're wrong. They're wrong about their own deaths. And they're wrong about his care. And anytime we're in any type of storm, and anytime we have that toxic mixture of both fear and anger, it is so easy to misinterpret the reality that we're experiencing. You know, they were... they were sent into this storm. And he's asleep, but it's not because he's just at the sleep of the, at the wheel. It's not because he doesn't love them. He's trying to increase their faith. And then he rises and he stops the storm. And I just love the picture that this gives us of Christ, both his humanity and his divinity. I mean, think about his humanity. How tired do you have to be to be asleep through a storm like that, 
when the boat is rocking and the waves are crashing and you're on the sea and you're getting wet and you are asleep, how tired do you have to be? Can anybody resonate with that deep, deep tiredness? And I think that's a tremendous picture into his humanity. But then also a picture of his divinity, the absolute power to be able to stand and stop a hurricane with a word and knows what he's do- he doesn't do. He doesn't say, all right, everybody, stand back. Let me roll up my sleeves. Give me my magic wand. And what was that Latin What was that Latin spell to cast down the waves? Abracadabrianus? What was it? I can't remember. He rises, and it's two words, silence and sit. And then, of course, what's so intriguing is that one of the key themes in this, this, this story is fear. And in verse 41, it says, They were more afraid after he stopped the storm than they were afraid during the storm. They realized, who is this? For this morning, let us think about those three things. He sends them into the storm. He sleeps during it. And then he stops it. And why this is such a good meditation as we get ready for Holy Week and think about Good Friday and Easter Sunday is because on we call Friday good, it's a good Friday because on the cross, he took the ultimate storm. He took the only real storm that could ever sink us or destroy us. And so since he bore that ultimate storm on Good Friday, now we can survive all other storms. And if you're in his boat, it can't be sunk. There is only one vessel that can safely navigate through that ultimate storm, and that's faith in Christ. The cross is our ark, our life raft through the storm. And on the cross, he he calms the only storm that can ever truly sink you. And when we see him doing that, we know that we can trust him in all other storms. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen.